How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Bucks, brought to you by BrewHoop.com and also brought to you by SeatGeek. And always at SeatGeek, you know our our promo code. It's L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-Bucks, and that'll get you a $20 rebate on your first purchase. So go ahead and head over to SeatGeek today. Um, but this is Locked on Bucks. We do this every day. Yesterday, we teased you. Um, and said that we were going to talk about the topic that has kind of dominated the Bucks blogosphere slash Twittersphere slash fans in general. Um, I don't think has it really dominated the blogosphere. I think it's just like a Twitter thing. Is it maybe just Twitter thing? Nah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I feel yeah. like it. I feel like it's been very prevalent in the last yeah. like couple weeks. I and I have heard at least a couple people on TV make allusions to the idea of, of Giannis and Jabari like questionably being able to play with one another. So like, I know Trey Kirby mentioned that on the starters and I feel like part of that is because Trey is a bitter bulls fan. Um, <laughs> I love, I love the starters, love Trey, but he's, he was skeptical of Giannis last year as well. Cause it was, you know, when teams supposedly d- didn't care and now we're seeing that it did matter. But anyway, um okay so i I guess the the crux of the issue i mean there's not this isn't this isn't some sort of high level conversation it is essentially there's a group of people that believe the bucks should trade jabari parker and there's a group of people that don't think the bucks should trade jabari parker um and I, i don't even i don't even know if it's much more complicated than that i think the reason why this is a relevant topic and one that that should be talked about and Frank and I have mentioned this before is that Jabari will be up for that extension uh when it I can't even remember when it starts but it's until about Halloween is it still Halloween next year I don't know what yeah. yep. um so it'll be the Halloween extension deadline and and that's where you can extend guys that still have a year left coming off their rookie deals is that correct right um or maybe yeah, you, you can would, you're better it, at this stuff than I you can, yeah, you can it, explain would, it would it would be for the year after next so he he he's still he's only in the third year of his rookie deal now, so fourth year would be next year, and then the first year of a of a, of a new deal would be the following year. So I guess the eighteen nineteen season. Jesus, that sounds so far away, but it's it's not. So that I, I think that's why it's relevant is that extension, um, that amount of money that you're going to dedicate to a player. Um, I think that means you need to dig a little bit deeper on that player and try to figure out exactly what that player might mean for the Bucks future. And always what we talk about here is with an NBA season, there's not normally many off days. We kind of have an off day kind of thing in here. Um, so we're going to take this day to, to try to discuss this. I don't know if there's really a, a great way to try to discuss this. I feel like there's a lot of things that get discussed about it, and I don't know if I'm necessarily happy with all the things that are discussed. 
what about this topic is interesting to you, Frank? And then you can just kind of go on whatever it is that's interesting to you. Well, I think the crux of it is like I, I've mentioned this before. I think can Giannis and Jabari play together? I think it's kind of a red herring, to be honest. I mean, first off, everybody should be able to play with Giannis, right? So, yeah, like Giannis is not the problem. I mean, as much as sure, if you had, you know, four guys who can't shoot three pointers, then obviously that wouldn't be a great combination to put with Giannis. But that's more from like the the perspective of maximizing Giannis. And I think that's, you know, I think that's the justifiable angle of looking at it, is like, how do you maximize Giannis rather than kind of saying, well, you know, you're trying to build around Jabari and Chris Middleton. How do you, you know, <laughs> does yeah, Giannis yeah. fit in with them? Clearly it's about Giannis. Um, and with the way Giannis plays, obviously his unselfishness, the fact that he obviously can help and I think what we're seeing make other players better or you know mask others weaknesses defensively especially on the perimeter where he's obviously tremendous as a you know show and recover type guy um he's also great at the rim too (laughs) and he's he can block shots and he's a you know he's a a good defensive rebounder for a power forward um and all these things are obviously relevant to somebody like jabari parker um who obviously has flaws as a defensive rebounder as a just general defender probably more even more off ball than on ball he's not kind of a you know he has no semblance of sort of help defense you know in terms of erasing shots or anything like that so obviously Giannis um and what he does uh very much you know I would say defensively should make Jabari quote-unquote better or mask Jabari somewhat but I I mean that's also and we're kind of like I'm I'm, I want to catch myself a little bit because we're already sort of immediately diving into this sort of negative view Mm -hmm. um and I think the general question though is how good is Jabari Parker sort of just in a general sense that to me, that's sort of the starting point. And, you know, we see this oftentimes, you know, the bucks are not a team that's projecting to go have a bunch of cap space. So it's not like if the bucks don't give Jabari, you know, that hundred million dollar extension that they can go spend, you know, Oh, they'll just have a hundred million dollars lying around. They can <laughs> go spend on whoever they want. Right. I mean, yeah. it's, it, they're going to see their, their cap flexibility shrinks pretty significantly with the Giannis deal. And, you know, obviously, other than that, they have a lot of veterans, you know, excluding, you know, Thon, Vaughn, um, Brogdon, you know, other than that, really, I, I'm trying to think there's really not anybody else who's, you know, kind of a young guy cost controlled. Um, so, so yeah, I think the big question is, is Jabari good enough? And I mean, you know, the pause, let's start with the positive. I mean, the positives is positives are that you know, from a starting point, well, I mean, he's, he's starting to score kind of in the way we, we expected. And obviously that, that was with some delay. Uh, understandably given the injury but I think there are 21 guys who've who've averaged as many points on uh, the same true shooting number in NBA history as as what Jabari's doing now in his age 21 season so if you look at guys in their age 21 season and sort for you know 19 points and and 54 percent true shooting um and Jabari's I think actually at 55 percent true shooting which is you know above average right Mm -hmm. so um he's added the three-point shot to his game which I think is also really important because if Jabari was shooting 25%, then I think those calls for, well, he can never play with Giannis are louder. Um, but at 37% on, you know, a little over three per game, I think that is is starting to look far more <laughs> tenable, sustainable. And if Giannis begins to hit threes, as we mentioned the other day, then then I think it becomes much better. So, I, I mean, I think he's he's improving and I think he's showing better skills as a passer, ability to do more than just drive baseline, jump out of bounds, and hope somebody else is open, as, as we were yeah. decrying the other day. But, I mean, for me, it's, okay, he's scoring in higher volume. 
He's scoring more efficiently. Um, he's starting to hit threes. He's still not ball dominating. Um, and he is getting the line more. He's not necessarily have a higher free throw rate because the shot attempts have gone up, but he is getting the line um, more than last year by, I think, like 40 or 45% per per game. So I, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, in terms of the good, is it, it, I mean, there's a lot to like, right? I mean, you know, and I think we always sort of step over this because it's always just high, holding to him to a high standard and probably watching Giannis makes it harder <laughs> to maybe objectively <laughs> judge Jabari in the grand scheme of the universe. But um, there, there is a lot to, to say has, has improved with Jabari, isn't there? Yeah, uh, and, and I, I do think that's that's part of what makes this makes this conversation so fascinating to me. I, I do it, – it's just strange. I would have thought we would have seen more people come around to the idea of – and again, I don't know if there's a right or wrong side of this, but I would have thought we'd have seen more people come around to the idea of, hey, I don't want to trade Jabari because he is making some improvements this year. He he is adding the three-point shot. He is maybe scoring in bunches a little bit better. He is becoming more of what we wanted to see. And yet, like you said, the the negative parts of his game are, are the things that uh, we, we tend to fixate over. So it it's been fascinating to me not to see more people so so willingly say like no you, you can't trade him he's improving and he's getting better and, and we've seen guys get better and he's only 21 and we I, I want that guy on my team um, and there certainly are people like that but I, I would I would have thought it would have been more overwhelming that it would have been so many people and it, it is I don't know he's he's just he's a tough package to to try to figure out because he he doesn't truly I don't think have a position and again we always talk about that defensively but offensively I don't I don't know if he has a, a true position because we we think of him as this stretch four as a, a guy that just destroys people at the rim so he should be a good role man but then he's not a good role man and he's not a good screener he he, he can't function in a pick and roll and then all of a sudden he can kind of spot up. So maybe that's stretch for you, but he likes to drive so much. And he, he likes to, uh, not, I, again, he's trying to learn how to be a better passer, but he, he's just attacking the basket all the time. And I don't know if that's necessarily a four. And then all of a sudden you get into roster construction and how does it work and how does he fit? And I, I understand why the, the questions about him defensively aren't going anywhere. And, and we can talk about that, but offensively, uh, getting buckets is great. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm a guy that fully supports getting buckets, but it, what he is 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 just something I continue to struggle with. Uh, yeah, honestly, I the the position stuff offensively, I don't really, I don't know, I don't really care about that that much. Just okay, cause... just wait. So I, I guess to to continue on that arc, I guess why I struggle with it is because he's going to get a lot of that from the wing. And then I just struggle to think of how you put a team together where you're going to have three guys that create on the wing and then maybe guys that don't create in other spots. Because when Middleton comes back, and obviously you have to hope that Middleton is almost the, the exact same or very similar to what he was, if you have three wing guys, I'm just trying to think of, of team uh, – like I know, like the Bulls would have done that, where it was Scotty and MJ, and it was just wing creators, and that's how it goes. But I, I don't know. Part of me struggles with putting all of that together in one spot, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, 
again, it's sort of like you can park. I mean, the thing is you can put have Middleton or Parker. And again, I'm not saying you park them in a corner all game long, but both of those guys can play from the corner, right? They yeah. can both hit corner threes. Jabari, obviously baseline Bari, blah, blah, blah. You know, he can, he can cut to the rim, um, attack from that spot. I mean, I, I guess it's just sort of one of those things like, what are, what are we really complaining about that, that none of them are low post scores? Like, yeah, did that yeah, make us feel yeah. better? And I don't, I mean, first off those guys, uh, all can do stuff in the low post. I don't think you want to like build your offense around them in the low post. I think it's more of a kind of opportunistic thing when you get switches and things like that, that maybe you try to attack smaller guys that, that, you know, if they, one of them has a small guy on them, then you can get them involved in the post at times. But you know, again, this is 2016, right? We don't want to build an offense around, you know, throwing a guy in the post. Um, so I don't know. I mean, and, and the fact that Giannis is, is initiating offense so much and Chris can do that as well from, the top of the key um i don't know i mean i don't i don't really see it as i I i'm not really sure what the problem is i mean mirza isn't a corner three guy we've talked about that and that doesn't matter right um so i i guess it it just i don't know I, i sometimes i feel like we're just like it's like people are just looking to find guys who will completely not like would have no opportunity to get in Giannis's way and just shoot threes and i think that's I want guys like that, first off. Like anybody who's not a star, I want to just basically shoot threes and play defense or do one of those well and maybe the other thing okay. So um, so what if I say this? What if I tell you that I would like more pick-and-roll playmaking? What if I would tell you that? Because I don't know if Jabari can be a pick-and-roll ball handler and I don't know if Chris Middleton can be a pick-and-roll ball handler. Like I know well, Chris but, got better at you, it. Then you want a point guard. You you don't. I mean, Correct. you're not finding a. Four, you're not. You're replacing Jabari Parker in the starting lineup with a guy who's running pick and roll. That's not what you're doing. You're you're getting a new point guard who you think is a better pick and roll guy than Delhi. And I mean, the irony is, you know, the Bucks, uh, the Bucks roll men. They have like four guys who are like 88th percentile or higher. I think as as roll men in terms mm-hmm. of efficiency. Problem is they just don't get that many, right? And yeah. and it's hard to, you know, being a good roll man is not just finishing dunks when you get you know a half dunk (laughs) game there needs to be some volume it's it's being yeah getting some volume and some of that's play calling whatever um but but yeah so i I don't know i mean i think to me this sort of gets a little bit into the delavadova conversation like you know uh, you have deli and Giannis playing a lot of two-man game late in games and that's not great because that means delavadova is the ball's in deli's hands and he's just not that good but to me that's not a jabari problem um i mean i think the the thing that the thing that bothers people is that the Bucks are, you know, Giannis is gangbusters with the bench units and the starting lineup, which includes Jabari and John Henson and Tony Snell and Del Vadova. Um, and there's kind of similar arguments for all those guys putting up pretty bad numbers. If you look, the interesting thing is if you look at where the Bucks are good, the Bucks are good offensively and they have all these really big um, net ratings with guys where the team also shoots tons of threes. Brogdon, Toledovich, I think Monroe. Obviously, Monroe doesn't shoot threes, but he plays in lineups, and maybe his offense, you know, he helps find get find guys for three. Terry, similar. Mm-hmm. I think they make ten threes per forty-eight with all those guys, and they're also all very good with Giannis and those guys. So, I guess part of me is also kind of like, well, is Jabari the reason why you can't make a ton of threes? I mean, that he's gonna he's gonna shoot fewer than Toledovich, obviously. Yeah. But you obviously hope that he can do other things that that help. Um, and I think that's, you know, we kind of get into this philosophical thing like, well, you know, do you try it? I mean, to me, it comes down to do you 
do you want to try to move Jupari Parker? And I never, when I ever hear people trading, like I don't, it, it's sort of abstract, like what you would even trade him for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure if people, if he was traded for a ball dominant point guard, then everybody would be pissed off because it means that Giannis <laughs> can't get the ball, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I don't, I don't want. I mean, I don't think John Wall is like the like Milwaukee is not where like the cosmos should want John Wall, you know, yeah, yeah. like not that John Wall would make the Bucks worse, but you know, it's sort of like if you were going to use your assets, your scarce assets to, to acquire, um, somebody who makes the Bucks better than Jabari Parker. Um, I don't know. I mean, center is, is unfortunately still a major weakness. I mean, John Henson has never proven that the Bucks can be good with him. Yeah. Um, and you know, you right now you're starting Tony Snell and obviously you hope to get Middleton back. And we talked about Del Vadova, but Del Vadova also, I mean, I want a point guard who can be good off ball and play defense basically and make threes. And Del Vadova is, you know, he's not George Hill, let's say, but, um, but he's, he's, you know, if you're going to, again, everything comes at a cost. Um, if you have lower requirements of a point guard, I don't think the bucks should be spending, you know, $20 million on a point guard. Interesting. I don't, I, I am, I, I think I've always been a part of the idea that I'm, I'm cool with more playmaking out of the point guard position, um, and not necessarily getting a guy that is, that is more a three and D point guard, if that makes sense. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, By the way, do you, do you, do you think Brogdon can be more, I mean, like in, in a year or two, and I know we, we obviously kind of had, had sort of a show me attitude towards Brogdon mm-hmm. and so far, certainly, especially with his shooting, but also with just sort of his net effect. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he's sucked inside the arc as a scorer, but, um, he's shot the ball great and, and generally been very steady. And I think, you know, defensively he's, he's been very nice. Um, I mean, do you view Brogdon as like, okay, that guy, you know, he, he could be a good enough playmaker. I mean, my guess is, you know, he's probably not massively different than than Dali, but i don't know um with him it's so tough to project because he's he's out of the area where you would normally want to project massive or or at least significant increases in skill like he's already an old dude he's he's kind of figured out how to maximize most of his skills and that's not to say that there isn't more there there could be but it see I feel pretty confident saying that there's less there for him to to grow into. Um, man, it maybe slightly better than Delhi as a playmaker, but I don't know if it's if there's a significant growth that he could get there. Yeah. Well, so so I think I think for me, you know, and not to to jump around too much. I, I think the question of do you pay Jabari? Um, you know, again, I think you want to you want to lock him up right yeah i think the 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 flip side though because again it's sort of like things like what what else are you going to do with him as far as like you're going to like let him go to restricted free agency and then not match i mean clearly nobody wants i don't think anybody thinks that the the question really is like do you try to you know sell high while he's still perceived as being this potential high upside score right and and that's a that's a totally fair question to ask um but by the same token i mean it's very like it's a very like twitter you know comment section real gm you know and i in, by comment section i include our comment section you know i mean it's yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's kind of easy for us to say but like if it if you actually go shopping jabari parker <laughs> like you could create problems for yourself right so yeah. it's fine for us to talk about on a podcast and etc cetera, etc cetera. um but it, it's it is more complex to to do in in practicality than in reality i think to me it's sort of like you know 
we are not trading Jabari Parker. But if you call and like say what you want to offer, like <laughs> we're not doing it. We're not trading. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it would yeah. be interesting because I don't really know what I, I don't know exactly what the market for him would be. Um, but it, it is interesting to think about, you know, I, I mean, it's like, you know, if if uh, if <laughs> if like Utah came and said, hey, we want the most famous Mormon basketball player of all time. So we're going to offer you, you know, Rudy Gobert, who you can pay $100 million to. Well, I mean, look, I think Rudy Gobert is probably going to make you better than Jabari yeah, Parker yeah. in the long run. You know, but but I mean, is that is that even on the table? I don't know. So it's it's a it's a really interesting question. But I, I think it does get to um, the nagging feeling, you know, that that maybe Jabari's long term future is as sort of like an empty calories scorer yeah. who, you know, who doesn't do enough other stuff, doesn't rebound well enough, doesn't defend it well enough um, to really be a difference maker, you know, and, he, and he's going to be a guy who, you know, it's kind of and I think it's part of maybe the big dog complex um, who. <laughs> yeah. You know, which is justifiable because I mean his numbers yeah, are going to no, be I think, remarkably simple, similar at the same age. Um, but you know, again, I don't think it's a question of like, do you extend him if you get that far? Because especially if he's willing to take Giannis money, I think you're always going to be able to market him. You know, if he's if he's if he's a twenty and six guy, look, there'll be somebody who who will give you value for that, especially if he stays healthy. Um, but I think it is a question, especially with Middleton coming back. I think that's the the really interesting thing. Um, you know, with Middleton coming back, um, you know, how does all that shake out then? I mean, you could argue that Middleton coming back, um, you know, maybe that solves some of the concerns we have just because then you do have a more certified, bona fide, uh, legit, high percentage three-point shooter at shooting guard that you're starting. Yeah. Unlike Snell, who's who's you know, tried and been he's okay, getting the volume. Just, he's got no problem yeah, with the volume. He just hasn't, yeah, but he just hasn't shot well. And that's why if you look at like all the starter, all the two man combos with starter, the starters, they're all shooting 31%, all those lineups from three versus 40 plus percent from a lot of those bench pairings with Giannis. Um, and, and part of that, you know, I think Giannis makes those bench guys better in terms of getting open looks. Um, and it's against, against, again, it's against second units, blah, blah, blah. Um, versus the starters, they're they're having to do it um, against you know better better lineups and um, so so yeah. But I think I mean again, it's an interesting question. Um, I mean, I would say this uh, in, in the Giannis. And again, I don't really think it's a can they play together question because like, tell me this like on paper, why would a six eight two fifty guy who's now shooting, let's assume Jabari's three point shooting is sustainable, who's now shooting you know high 30s from three and is a good off-ball cutter and doesn't really need the ball and great in transition and he's 21 right so i mean presumably he's going to continue to get better yeah a lot of guys have bad net ratings or weird kind of on-off metrics you know i mean like towns is like the worst defensive player ever by on-off metrics right now i mean yeah you know again jabari i think defensively it makes sense if you say his on-off stuff is bad but um he's I think 13th in uh, offensive RPM right now among power forwards or small forwards, whatever it is. Um, he's not good defensively. I mean, I think he's he's going. He should in the long run help you offensively, right? Yeah. Um, so I think I think that's kind of dumb to say like, oh, they can't play together because um, it's just in, on paper and just theory. It's just like, well, why why not, right? Um, I think I think over the last like 11 again that that like arbitrary cutoff. I think they're like Jabari Giannis combos are like plus eight. Um, points and points per hundred, which is good. Yeah. With you know, and, and Giannis is, is even better with other guys. Um, 
but it's like that's kind of a nice problem to have if if they're solidly plus together and other guys might be even better yeah and i guess with him the only thing i guess you can think of for a potential problem is i don't know that he he's a bit of a ball stopper maybe on offense that the ball wouldn't move enough um but but he's not carmelo you know no no i 100 i'm just trying to think of hypotheticals frank i I 100 (laughs) percent agree uh he is not carmelo but i i guess that Maybe there'd be some ego involved at some point. I, I don't know. It, it It is, again, you, thinking about this and what he does, he can shoot corner threes, he can attack, he can uh, cut, and he can function well without the ball. He should be able to uh, to make this happen. Um, let's, I guess I'm trying to think of other, other parts of this conversation. I guess one that gets me is I don't know if his value is any worse if if you wait another year that this is the high point of his value i don't know that i necessarily agree with because we're seeing him continue to improve as a, as, as a scorer anyone who would trade for him this year knows they have to give him a huge contract right so next year once he has that huge contract is his value any less i i i just don't know if i see that part of the argument that this is this is the moment in time that you need to trade Jabari Parker. No, I, I don't think. I mean, I think we're, we're next summer is a natural inflection point just because of that that extension question. Um, and I'd have to check what the what the projection is as far as what his his max will be with the new CBA. Um, I think it'll be. I, I want to say, and I should I should know this, but um, I want to say that they got rid of the whole because it used to be like the twenty five percent max was actually it's it was actually slightly less than 25 percent of the um, salary cap because they used a different method for calculating maxes which is like a weird bit of minutia but um but you know i mean in in theory if the bucks can get him for let's say four four for 100 right if they get him for the Giannis contract which would you know i think be again less than what he would get on the open market as a free agent a year from next summer um with the cap continuing to go up and and the maxes i think being slightly higher um at even at the 25 percent and i'll double check to see if all that's right but um but bottom line is you know four for a hundred i think for a young guy with a lot of upside when Mm -hmm. you look at what some of these other guys i mean cj mccollum getting you know nobody bats an eye when cj mccollum gets four years 106 million and you know cj mccollum can't defend anybody and you know isn't really a playmaker per se you know but he's a great shooter scorer right i mean he's yeah. gonna give you 20 and you know four or five assists or whatever it might be um i don't think people would really bat an eye at Jabari getting getting you know the Giannis deal for instance so yeah. i think i do think he's still an asset at that amount um and i think it's more just like the it, it, do you get to the point where if middleton comes back and then you know Jabari's averaging for whatever reason, you know, 15 a game or something like that. Maybe he, you know, sort of doesn't take that next step. And Mm -hmm. for some reason something happens, then, oh crap, you know, we should have traded him a year ago. Um, and I think I, I saw like some, I forget somebody was talking about this in in, in Twitter and and made a comment like, well, we know we shouldn't wait until Jabari's a disappointment to try to trade him. (laughs) And it's like, well, (laughs) I mean, people, the people who want to keep Jabari obviously are not arguing to wait until he's a, dis- a disappointment yeah. Yeah. or or that he hasn't become a superstar and then try to trade him i think the argument is you know if you have th- if there's the opportunity that a guy is talented enough to do that then you know to become that kind of superstar type caliber player um and i think you know as far i mean for me superstar means you 
you have to be at least passable on defense, I think, to be a real true superstar. Yeah. And you have to be able to impact winning in a you know a more meaningful way, certainly than we've seen from from Jabari. CCJ um, kid. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, it's it's you know it's one of those things. Like I I think Jabari is going to be good enough that you know we we I I, I totally agree as we were discussing the other day. Totally agree. Like we may look back and you know say, oh, Joel Embiid, you know. He, two years he was out and then he stayed healthy for 10 years and he was awesome and man yep buck should have picked joel Embiid if you know in the grand scheme of the universe that you know i i wouldn't not be surprised at but you're not getting joel Embiid in a trade for jabari parker at this point um and so you kind of have to play it as it lies and um you know i, I don't think necessarily we're going to look back and say oh man if you could have traded jabari parker for you know superstar x and you didn't right i think it would have been more of a kind of package of things that that might have helped you but you know it's not like i don't know like i I, i'm I'm not at the point where i feel like there's this put you over the top move yeah that um and granted maybe that's a a straw man as well because there is no possible over the top move when you know given where the box are at their development curve but um but yeah i I don't know i mean i'm I, i fall into the like wait and see like I'm okay waiting. You know, I don't, I'm not. I'm not saying Jabari is going to be a superstar, or that you know the, this this core three automatically wins you a championship, or you know puts you in that contender status. I think there's huge uncertainty in all yeah. that. We don't know if Middleton's going to be fully healthy, um, but uh, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm okay kind of letting it play out a little bit. And I think also just sort of the emotional standpoint as well. I think we obviously it's easy for us to you know kind of just talk talk over it is. You know the franchise is obviously invested personally in Jabari, yeah. And um, you know, for them to make another move where they trade a guy who's popular with fans, you know, and, you know, and, I mean, I'm, I'm I was going to say that that was the the one of the things I wanted to touch on before we leave is we're having this conversation right now. Bucks fans on Twitter have been having this conversation for a year, six months, two months, a month two weeks, a week, whatever you want to say. They've been having this conversation. I would put the percent chance on the Bucks having this conversation, the, the Bucks organization, the front office, at 10%. Like, like, I don't think this is a thing that they're discussing. And, and again, as a GM, you're, you're thinking through all the possibilities and what are our assets and could we trade this and we could do that. So I'm sure it's come up, but the, the amount of – of tweets that have been sent out, of comments that have been put on message boards, this topic is borderline peak internet. Like, like this is this is what internet fandom of a sports team is all about. Is is thinking to to the future? Would this have been better? Would the would this have been worse? And people are picking sides, and it, it's it's something that you you love to debate, and there's probably going to be very passionate people on both ends and and it's going to be something that you can really get invested into and and really be happy uh it it feels like a a tangible topic that your fandom is a part of and and this is this is why i think the topic is interesting but it seems unlikely the bucks are even thinking about this well i i know i actually think i'm you think so i i have to think they're thinking about this um, See, I don't I think mean, so at all. I, I think I think of the things you mentioned that they draft him number two. They are the people that bring him back from this injury. 
He's said the things he said about Milwaukee. He helps out in Milwaukee public schools. I just don't know that, like, I don't know that the fran- like the that the franchise is thinking. You know what? I think we can. Oh, I think we get away with Trey and Jabari. Well, no, no. Okay, so he, he, let me let me care. I, I'm. I have to think that it's raised as like, hey, in these four walls, Jabari. How are we feeling about Jabari? Sure. Do do sure. you know? And, 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 and like what, I said, like that's that's from? something that's every that's what every GM does. Like you have to have well, these but conversations. They, they but they, they're not going to have that. I mean, like they they're not going to have that conversation about Giannis. Of course, right? And, of course. And, and I would argue that the stuff, the the vague rumors we heard about Chris Middleton, made less sense in a lot of ways last summer than. This conversation now about Jabari, just because at least with like with Middleton, yeah. it's like no, he's super productive. He'll he's fit, exactly no matter the what. Yeah. fit guy. He's locked up. Like, what, why? What do you? You know, like anyway. Um, but yeah, I think with Jabari, at least like at least we're having this conversation before he kind of makes that leap to yeah. guy who really changes the game and, and makes you a lot better. Um, and that's I think the time to have it. And I agree with you that this is peak internet fandom in the sense that you know I would be shocked if the Bucks sort of seriously you know i would be shocked if if like really substantive trade talks happened yeah. anytime soon yeah um i think i'm sure the bucks in their heart of hearts you know <laughs> jason kidd and and company will will think about this because i mean look jabari's still a bad defender yeah and that forces you to do things um that you know you you don't normally want to do right and i think it'll yeah. be interesting um, you know, I, I, think maybe, I guess I should I, I should have postured this a little bit better by saying I don't know if they've gotten to a point where they've seriously discussed it because yes they they've thought well, about it. There's no way that you couldn't think about it. Yeah, I mean seriously discuss it with like external parties. Correct. I don't think right. That, that that's what agree. I'm saying. Yes, I, I don't I don't think you're going to see substantive discussions to trade Jabari in the next year based on or through next summer but you know if he sort of does this right if he gets over 20 points a game this year and you know they they actually win if they you know if they if they make a legit playoff charge without chris middleton which Jabari being the only other you know double figure scorer on this entire team um then i think that you know that they'll be more patient and say like look we'll we'll let him kind of grow continue to grow and and see how far more he can take this because he's you know i mean it's easy to take for granted right that at his age that he's able to do some of the things he does and maybe part of it is because like so much of what he does just kind of seems to come naturally yeah so maybe it just feels like the, the offense comes so easily to him and the defense comes so hard um <laughs> yeah that it just feels like well he, he's not improving you know why isn't he improving more why why don't we see that like big leap and it's like well his numbers have you know across the board all of his metrics are notably better now than they were you know certainly a year ago two years ago um and and that's obviously a big positive and so i think i mean for me it's just like get him reps right get him reps with Giannis, get him reps without Giannis. you know f- try to find ways to to make him able to do more th- stuff basically yeah um that's that's my my hope for jabari and and yeah i mean if a year from now jabari kind of is like this guy that you know is like third banana and geez Giannis can't quite carry this this group to whatever a championship in the next five years that's still a hell of a long time to to figure something else out yeah and like we said I don't I don't think you're you know I think you know you're in a lot of it comes down to like kind of real option theory and all this other stuff like you know do you do you 
do you continue to do things while maintaining optionality and things like that? And, you know, again, if, if the Bucks window was closing in a year with Jabari somehow, then okay, that would be a different discussion, right? But he's yeah. not an expiring contract. And hopefully because of that Giannis extension, you can also get him to take a similar deal that would make him, I think, an asset, um, you know, a, a very clear asset. And, and again, at, at his age, you know, he's still, I think, going to have some of that hype shine, um, for the next couple of years. Right. Um, and, and we'll see. And hopefully, you know, that's the thing I mean, hopefully, um, and, and I'm, you know, I mean, geez, I, I sometimes I feel like we kind of stumble over it. Right. And it's like, we're, we're too busy having this conversation. Then you would look at him and it's just like, geez, dude, just put up, you know, I mean like that game against the bulls on, on, on Thursday, you know, I mean, he just put up 28 so easily on that yeah. team. <laughs> just, you know, grabs rebounds. Like when he does grab a rebound, I mean, just like the end to end stuff. I mean, you're not finding some random guy in free agency for five million a year who's gonna, who's going to no. do anything. At, no, not right? at all. Um, and not that people are saying that, but but you know, it, it, I I don't know. I just caution like the the desire to kind of you know. And I, I love having Tladovich on the team, but but um, I think with Jabari, I I um, I mean, it, it, it's ironic having Beasley on this team, isn't it? Because because of yeah. sort of that like weird parallel um, with how the good they were sort of pedigree wise and then pick second overall and then whatever. But, you know, Beasley was a 20 point per game scorer at one point, I think in one or two seasons of his career. Um, so it's not like that's the, the be all end all, but I think with Jabari, I think the way he plays, I do think he can be part of, of a winning team in, in a way that, you know, maybe Beasley never was. I think that's a good spot to leave it on. Um, the only thing I'm disappointed we didn't get to talk about was we didn't spend a lot of time on Jabari's defense and, I, I think it's because both of us have talked again and again how how it's bad and the ways in which it's bad. And we talked about it a little bit last night. Not, I don't think it was a part of our pod, um, but we talked about how he's fascinating because he's so bad off ball. And normally <laughs> when you have a bad defender, you're just like, all right, let's put him on the worst player on the floor. It can't hurt us that bad. At least he can kind of be a part of the rotations, but he can't do that. Like the only way he can stay in the game is if you put him on another, like a great wing player. Like it's got to be the other, like one of the teams, like top scorers, because that's the only way he can stay engaged. And he's just fascinating because I don't, we we kind of went through this and I we we struggle a little bit to to find guys that are like that like maybe you you think of Harden like okay if you put Harden up against a top matchup he'll actually try but uh, like like it's a it's an effort thing with him it's not a unable to grasp thing with him if that makes sense yeah I it is it, it's it's like a hiding in plain sight thing right it's like the only way to hide Jabari Parker is to buy is to have him play the ball which makes no which it no flies sense. completely yes. in the face of conventional wisdom um and again, you know, if you're trying to complement him with Giannis, I, I think, you know, as we've talked about, I think Giannis is a better help slash off ball weak side type guy versus like a typical like lockdown wing perimeter defender. I mean, I mean, um, that's what they did against the Bulls. Uh, yeah, he did. He never covered Jimmy Butler, but he still made a massive impact defensively. Yeah. And so I, I think that's another reason why. Um, and again, I think it's always going to be more Giannis helping Jabari versus Jabari helping Giannis. Yeah. But um, but I think it is workable in that way. And at a minimum, I'm I'm happy to sort of see them try to kind of play it out. And you know, again, I, I think teams by nature are 
averse to just, you know, changing course really quickly um, and, and being impatient. And a lot of times I think obviously that leads you to, um, you know, resign Miles Plumley for $50 million or, yeah. you know, kind of just keep on keeping on when maybe you should, should opt for a change. But by the same token as fans, we're obviously also, we tend to just trade guys away in yeah. our, you know, on, on our trade machine, um, you know, 20 times. And then it turns out he was, ended up being good and, Oh, well, oh, yeah. Okay. Now we're happy. Uh, <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully that's the case with Jabari as well. Okay. That's it. We're done talking about trading Jabari at least for tonight. Um, this and is, we're not, and I think we're not, we're not trading. To be clear, correct. we're not trading Jabari. No, we I, want I, you to, I don't we think want I you am. to succeed Jabari. We're rooting for you, but we think it's worth talking about. <laughs> I like how you dropped your voice there. <laughs> As though he was like listening, perked up, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, I don't want you to hear this, Jabari. Well, you know, Jabari's kind of weird like that, right? Like, if you if you don't show faith in Jabari, he can be. I yeah, think he can yeah. be. Uh, like, you, even like when he came to Milwaukee, it's like he had that like weird thing where like he was just like super anti Cleveland. Remember that he was like, yeah. the, like the Bucks, like was the place for me and whatever. It was just like, wow, dude went like hardcore played the loyalty card and maybe i think we may be on the outs just for even like broaching this topic but i don't know i don't Uh, think jabari listens to our podcast fortunately i don't i don't think he does but uh, shout out to the random dude at mayfair when i was buying something today that asked me so i i have to throw this in at the end so i'm sitting here buying buying something for my for my niece for christmas and he goes are you on a podcast and i'm like <laughs> what and uh he's uh, he's like you're unlocked on bucks right and i was like yeah man i am uh so if you are one of our regular listeners sh- i didn't get his name but shout out dude at mayfair you know who you are you're listening um so uh shout out to you but if you're some some person that listens and you randomly see frank frank is gonna be in milwaukee for the next week so if you see frank randomly walking around don't be afraid to talk bucks with us. We enjoy doing it. Um, so yeah, that, we're we're not we're 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 not actually famous. So oh we, no, we, nowhere we, near we, it. We we appreciate people who actually like come out and say say hello. So we are not that, above only, talking bucks with you at only, in any way. Yeah, the I think the only time I remember that was uh, in in Vegas. I was like walking to to the media section and like somebody just like yelled out my name and I looked <laughs> over and it was these dudes, um, these like you know, younger dudes who were totally nice. And I was just like, Oh, Hey, what's up? You know, and I like, <laughs> like what's your name? <laughs> right. Like, um, but, uh, but yeah, that's fun. I don't know. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be there Cleveland and Washington. So if anybody's, if anybody's, if you see me wandering around the concourse in the like 200 area, um, you know, hit me in the head or actually the, there is that one guy who once threatened to punch me in the face for something i forget what? why i forget why it was like kind of it was like kind of a weird passive aggressive like i mean not serious type thing but the guy continued to follow me it's just like i think it was because i was like i made some comment that was snarky and mm-hmm. it was like he was pissed off that i made a snarky comment which is like hey dude That's unfollow a, buttons right yeah, over there but i mean it's what um, i do i'm a bucks yeah, fan but, i have to be yeah. snarky i i I, have, I gotta think what that was it was not it was not beasley related um I can't remember what it was about, but anyway. Okay, that's right, it. We've done. rambled way too long. Way too that, long. That's right. going to be it for us. This has been Locked on Bucks, brought to you by BrewHoop.com. That was Frank Madden. I'm Eric Name. We're out.